Hello, and welcome back to Multifamily Forward, presented by Mark Taylor Residential. My name is Adam Greco, and sitting next to me, always a thrill, the president of Mark Taylor Residential, John Carlson. John, how are you? Good morning, Mr. Greco. Good to see you. And thanks, for, always, thanks for having me today. It's always a privilege for me. We have an interesting topic, uh, especially with uh, what we're facing moving forward, and that is marketing steps for a profitable multifamily brand. Why is marketing and branding so important in the multifamily industry? Certainly, you've, you have to understand when you think about owners of multifamily management operators uh, alike, brand marketing always surfaces to the top of the list. Uh, it's a very important, uh, I think, emotional connection for folks that are trying to create an organization, whether it's you know bootstrapping the first 1,000 units or you're at 100,000 units or, or more. So when you think about that, obviously, it's not just about the multifamily sector. This is across many sectors. But when you think about multifamily, I think about operational behavior. And all I mean by that is the behavior of your organization from a 24-7 operations lens. So when I think about the groups that do branding and marketing really well, uh, I think it's important to know for Mark Taylor, you know, we have brand in our vision statement right. uh, for a purpose. So when I think about what we do, what we focus on, uh, it really boils down to three things. It's consistency, it's excellence, and it's standards. So if you can formulate those three collectively and, and create, I'll say, a positive motion of sorts. So you're, 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 you're hitting almost on all cylinders on consistency. You're creating the right standards and excellence. That feeds into what? It creates an experience. Right. So an experience. So, so what experience are we striving for as an organization? We want to ensure that residents or our customers and our employees and our clients feel that level of five-star brand quality and marketing. So if it invokes a positive experience, what happens, right? Uh, you do this hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of times over you know a period of, we've been in business 38 years. So you're doing this in a repetitive manner. You're trying to strive as one of our principles to be better than yesterday. But the point being is you're trying to ensure that that quality is delivered time and time again. So if that experience is positive, that creates a very positive feeling or emotion, right? You're connecting right. that emotion, that person to our brand. So you want someone in the grocery store, like I experience all the time, I just ask random people, believe it or not, hey, have you heard of Mark Taylor? Uh, most often in Phoenix, they'll say, oh yeah, that's that luxury apartment brand. Right. That's usually what they say. And or they'll say, yes, I lived in a Mark Taylor. They don't refer to a specific property Sand, San Trebizio or San Cervantes, they say, no, yeah, I lived in a Mark Taylor. That's a branded statement by the customer based on their experience. So to wrap, I'll just say negatively, you could have some animus. You could say, you know, out of every hundred experiences, maybe there's one or two that are negative. Well, that invokes the wrong thing. So you want to avoid that, right? You want to limit the bad experiences in those processes. So uh, at the end of the day, if we're doing things, I'll say, mostly right. We're not perfect. We're not striving for perfection. We want those experiences to matter for those individuals. So you want residents, you want employees, you want clients speaking positively about Mark Taylor when they're asked that question. Makes sense. And if you if you listen to Tony Shea back in the day, who passed away, unfortunately, the former CEO of Zappos, his, his statement was, or his quote was, your brand is your culture. So I believe that Mark Taylor's culture, because of the strength of it, that that oozes into our branding, that oozes into those experiences, which are often positive. 
Makes sense. That makes sense. You, you know, what's interesting for me is even before joining uh, Mark Taylor, uh, I was a former resident uh, yes, you of were. one of our beautiful communities. Sam Palacio. Sam Palacio. Thank you for remembering. I'm just glad we could get you in based on well, your credit. it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed <laughs> it. My I'm son kidding. and I enjoyed it. Yes, I did. You did have to push me through as, as far as my credit score, didn't you? You were fine. I appreciate it. Um, you know, one thing that I find interesting is we have our brand as far as what we develop in-house, right? But we also are a fee-managed sure. company. So we, we manage across all product types. Right. You can walk into any Mark Taylor managed property and it's they all will look different. But when you first walk in, that's that branding piece. It's even the smell. When you first walk in, you have a Mark Taylor scent. Absolutely. It's part of that branding as well. I just I just find that very interesting, and it, I, I love that piece of, of what we do. Well, if you think about, uh, if you look at studies based on your five senses, smell is the strongest in terms of bringing you back to that moment in time. So for sure, for, yeah, for certain, we have to have that in play as part of that experience. I love it. I love it. I have another question for you. I'm ready. Are you ready? Absolutely. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot Only here. two, though. All right, all right. <laughs> so with what we're facing as far as economic headwinds, mm -hmm. Why is it that most operators, ownership groups will look to marketing cost, branding cost, and say that's where we need to cut first? I, th I think if you look back historically, ownership groups would think of marketing potentially as something that's, that's fringy. Um, I think you have to consider being more efficient and cost conscious with your dollars. So every dollar matters. How do you execute that process? So uh, in doing so, you really just have to think about when when the market's incredibly strong, you have just say like we had in 19 and 20, there were statistics that were released that there was 20 renters for every unit uh, in certain parts of the Everyone country. Everyone was doing well. Right. So the opposite is true today. There's there's actually more supply than demand. So how do you how do you really surface your brand and your community above the noise? That's right. the idea. So when I think about Mark Taylor and clients that think about Mark Taylor and why they would choose us as a manager or why certain owners would choose certain managers, most oftentimes it's, it, it goes back to trust, right? So their experience with that brand, uh, what they've heard, what they know, what that reputation looks like in that spectrum. So if, let's cut it into three. If you're an employee uh, searching for, or a potential employee searching for a role in multifamily and you go to you know, all of the online services, if you look at, you know, brand and reputation reviews, all of those things, you think about Mark Taylor, it's an experience that typically conveys a strong culture, right? I'm right. going to go talk to someone that works for Mark Taylor, or when I sit with our new hires every Monday to really tell them where we're going and why and understand my perspective on the organization, we talk a lot about them saying, yeah, I know someone that works for Mark Taylor, or typically 40% or 50% of the room raises their hand, oh, I was referred to Mark Taylor by someone that works there or some that used to work there. So when you think about that, that's the word of mouth, that's the reputation, that's the trust that builds. So that's from an employee perspective, residents, same thing, right? When markets are tough and they might say, well, I can go save $100 a month at this community, XYZ management, but man, I wanna go down the street and pay another $100 because I trust Mark Taylor. Right. I know things will be done on time. I know my dishwasher will be fixed. I know that they'll create a professional environment for me. My home will be taken care of. So those things are very personal to folks when you're, when you're, when you're discussing your home or right. the potential of moving in. So from a client perspective, I think trust in knowing that we will deliver 
on what matters. We will deliver on that investment, maximize their potential, but do it in a professional manner, uh, knowing that residents will come and seek out Mark Taylor because of our brand. So again, self-fulfilling, those three things together create that momentum and support for, you know, choosing Mark Taylor, choosing us as a brand. That's great. That's great. I am going to make a plug here before we uh, bring in our special guest. Plug away. Plug away. So this was one thing when I first started with Mark Taylor that you did not fill me in on previously. Um, you mentioned how you walk in every Monday morning to our new hire orientation. Um, I think this is important because not only do, do, are we talking about marketing and branding, culture, I believe, falls a little bit into that picture sure. as well. You show up and you speak to every new hire every single Monday morning. Absolutely. I think that that, speak, that speaks volumes to who we are as an organization, not just to us as far as our employee base, our coworkers, but also to our, to our residents. I mean, we're in business to, to make a profit just like everyone else, but a, a core belief that we have is making sure that our residents have a lifestyle that they feel proud of, as well as being part of the Mark Taylor family, of course. No question. Uh, if, you, if you, as an employee, have a tremendous amount of pride in your role in your organization, and there's a, I'll say, a bubbling up of strength in terms of culture, uh, that exudes itself in those conversations, right? Those individual conversations, whether it's on, on the phone or in person, you're taking a tour, a service technician is, is in your home, those things matter. And if you, if you have pride, you have a deep care, that matters. So when I think about introducing myself every Monday, we spend about 45 minutes together and we walk through our vision, our mission, our principles. And I really talk about how I was able to connect to the organization 21 21, 21 years ago. And oh, I don't see any grays, by the way. And no, none. Yes. Uh, thank you, makeup. Um, I think about ensuring that every employee knows what we're about, where we're going, and the why behind it. And I know the most successful companies, the organizations, that's what they do. And we're playing the infinite game. So if we do that correctly, I know that day one, the day they step, whether it's at the corporate office or with an eye on or at the site, they know what we're doing, the why behind it. And if they can connect to the organization within those first 90 days, they're going to be successful in here a long time. Another uh, just uh, proves the point that, you know, our, 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 all of our employees are part of our branding experience as well. We're family. Love it. Love it. What do you think? Uh, should we uh, bring in our special guest? Uh, we're ready. I mean, I, I, I want to bring in the star. You you know, it's not about us. All yeah. right. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, folks, I, I'm going to say this. Uh, this is a pleasure uh, because uh, he was one of the first uh, people that I met when I first joined the organization. Uh, the infamous uh, Mr. Michael Mancuso, current manager of uh, Portfolio Consulting, but uh, over the past several years has been involved with our marketing team helping lead that, that push. So um, without further ado, Mr. Michael Mancuso. Michael, good to see you. Pleasure. You know, I'm going to say this out loud right now because I'm probably going to slip throughout this entire discussion we're having. You have several nicknames throughout the office. Yeah, I do. Um, Mike, Michael, which is the most appropriate. Yeah. Uh, Coos, Cuso, and to round, it, to round it all out, that was the one I brought to you. Couscous. Couscous, Cusamano. So, yeah. and then uh, some I'm going to apologize now just in advance because I, I know you would like to be you prefer to, in, in a professional setting, to be called Mike. 
Yeah, I mean, well, growing up, I was Michael. My dad is Mike, and being when a you junior, were in trouble. so yeah, of course, Michael yeah. Anthony. When I was in trouble, yeah. But, um, All right. The 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 stash is what people knew me for for a while, but that's gone. Um, seventies yeah, are over. Yeah. So we got rid of that. Just you know, try to go ahead and be a professional for the podcast. You got it. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, always enjoy working alongside you and uh, your expertise in marketing and branding. Uh, we're gonna. We're going to throw some questions at you, see, Let's see exactly how you can uh, help our audience and, of course, talk about why we embrace this so much here at, at Mark Taylor. I'm excited. Well, let's dive in. Let's do it. Let's do this. I think there were some questions, right? Yeah. Um, if you were an actor or what actor, let me, let me rephrase this, what actor would play you in a movie about yourself? I have an answer for you, but I, I, it's, probably, it's probably better for you to answer. What's your answer? Arnold. Oh, well. The Schwarzenegger. I mean, that's giving me an awful lot of credit. I'm flattered. Well, he is one of your... He your, is. No, I, I don't want to call him hero hero or idol, but... Oh, yeah. Somebody's got drive. Of course. There's oh, many man. hats. He's a, that's he's who a, you are. An absolute legend. I think... If so, Well, first of all, three people would watch a movie about my life. Um, not super exciting. But probably Ryan Gosling, I think. What's a good fit? Yeah. I think Ryan Gosling, uh, he would make me look way better. Uh, he's got the the personality, um, the acting chops, all of those things. So yeah, I think my brain naturally goes to Ryan Gosling. Now, of course, John and I know you on a personal. And he level. wears a suit really, really well. So that's always a good insult. So do you? Not, not, well, thank not very you. many can pull off a double-breasted suit nowadays, well, and and you certainly noticed. do. Yes, I you did. Noticed, thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely, looking yeah. good, sir. Um, what is one thing that people don't know about you? This is going to surprise probably a, a lot of people in this room for sure. But for I'm probably the loudest person or one of the loudest people in the office. I would say oh, there's people I'm, off camera I'm, nodding their heads. I'm very aware. <laughs> Especially when you're upstairs, I can mm, hear your laugh. My laugh, yeah. Your cackle. I am a super introverted person. I go home at the end of the day. That's how I recharge in solitude. Door closed, silence, no TV, no radio on the way home. Um, that's how I. Yeah, that's how I fill my cup back up. But so when when I mentioned to you that uh, I I registered you for a networking event, you get very very excited, right? Super excited. Yeah. Those are my favorite days. Yes. Um. I, and it's I, I enjoy doing those things, but it just for a personality type like me, again, that's probably a surprise to people. But uh, it just it takes a lot out of me to do those things. So then I go home and yeah, recharge, plug back in. There you go. Me in my car. So believe it or not. Uh, Tracy Mendoza, who's been with us a long time, 20 plus years, uh, she's known as someone who's very jovial in the office. Everyone on site oh, yeah. loves Absolutely. her, big personality, right? She's exactly the same way. Yeah. She goes home, shut down the engines, recharge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Tracy and I, when we're together, it's just like electricity, you know? But I think that's a lot of times how people go ahead and like they need to, they need to go offline for a little bit, fill back up, and then tackle the next day. I'm the same way. Well, speaking of electricity, let's uh, let's continue. Let's with add our, some. Yes, let's continue with our topic on marketing and branding. Um, how do you create your brand identity? How do you figure that out? That's the million dollar question, isn't it? And I think a lot of times this is made to be often more complicated than it needs to be. I think, in my opinion, and it's probably easy for me to say because I've been doing it for as long as I have. But I compare brands, even organizations, to people in a lot of ways. And so when I start thinking of branding and people, um, something that comes to mind, which is uh, on this list here, but Peter Jean Hernandez, who knows that name in this room? Very famous. 
super super famous comes to mind immediately. I, sorry, I yeah. yeah I, Peter Jean Hernandez. Anybody even? No, no. I, I, I did hear the name in pre-production, but that was okay. the first and only time. <laughs> One hundred thirty million records sold. Well, that's He's Bruno really Mars. Large. He's Bruno that's Mars. Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. He rebranded himself. So one of the things that Bruno Mars decided to do is he didn't want to be known as just another Latino music artist. He wanted to be from out of this world, so he created a persona for himself. And now he's performed at two Super Bowls, and he's absolutely crushing it. So, and he was dead broke when he wrote the song, I Want to Be a Millionaire. Right. So freaking bad. Mm-hmm. Well, he did. Yeah. The same thing with uh, somebody like The Rock, who comes from the WWE, and they've built a billion-dollar business on branding. And so, you know, it's same thing with him. He started with seven bucks in his pocket, and now look what he's turned that into. So... Uh, I think branding matters. I think it's a way to go ahead and generate distinction for yourself and um, to go ahead and dress yourself up differently so people, so you can stand out and leave a different kind of impression. And I think celebrities have a way of doing that really well. And there's case studies to go ahead and pull from that um, in any kind of industry you're in. So again, how it, it, how do you get to that point as an organization, right? Um, you know, for us, Mark Taylor, we only manage class A product right uh assets yeah for for a for a piece for an operator that is you know across all different classes how do they create that type of brand for themselves or or even market uh, try and find out what is what best fits them so the first thing that comes to mind with that question is uh i follow seth godin really closely he's a name that i often drop is is this godfather of marketing and he had such a great uh way to explain this he said, if Nike is a brand, you, right. you know what kind of shoes Nike is going to create. You have a pretty good idea of what they're going to continue to, to make, whether it's basketball shoes, lifestyle shoes, what have you. If Nike were to get into the hotel business, which they're not in today, right. you would have a pretty good idea. If you were to imagine what a Nike hotel would be, you'd have a good idea of what that would look like. You would go in and be dark interiors. There'd be let's do it. There'd be the big Nike swoosh. You would know what the people that are working there would, you, you, you have an idea of what that experience would be like because they have a brand. If Motel 6 were to create a shoe, you have no idea what that shoe is going to look like. And that's the difference between a brand and a commodity in a lot of different ways. And he, and he explains that brilliantly. But I think John hit it on the head earlier listening to you guys before I joined is that is the, the extra $100 someone is going to be willing to pay in rent comes with the peace of mind of having a brand. And so when, you, when somebody is going on a, a listing aggregator or they're searching on the internet for where they want to live, they can go ahead and filter low to high for price, right? And then they right. can start going ahead and, and trying to go ahead and, and put together this, this short list from there. But if I, that $100 more that I'm going to get at a Mark Taylor property, I'm going to be able to, to communicate with people in the office that are on point. I know the experience that I'm going to have when I invite people to my place. Another great uh, uh, story that comes to mind is shortly after I, I started with Mark, it's already been three years, can you believe that? But shortly after I started here, I was in a conversation with somebody here in Scottsdale in line to get lunch, and we were chit-chatting, and she had mentioned that she lived in, I didn't even let her know where I worked. We were talking about the community in the I area. I love the story. Would you share this? She mentioned that she lived in a Mark Taylor community. She right. didn't let me know which one. She didn't know that I worked for Mark Taylor. So- in this industry, especially, it's very rare that you talk to people and they say that I live at a, you know, then they lead with the, the property management company. And at that point, even I was three weeks into my career at Mark Taylor, I knew that we were doing something different. And I knew that we had a brand and I knew that we had a culture. And to John's point, I think that familial nature 
and, and companies and corporations talk about that all the time. We have that here. It's different here. And I think that carries through and just the day-to-day interaction with with those both in the experience on the web and when they come to to visit the properties. Brings a bunch of pride too, but also humbling at the same time, yes. right? Very yeah. humbling so, at the so same time. So I have time. a question to please, inject. Please. So if you think about Mark Taylor's journey, you know, 38 years plus in business, infinite journey, we want to be in business 40, 50, 60, 70 years and beyond. When I think about, you know, my 20 plus years, uh, yes, we had a brand when I started way back in the early 2000s. Do you think it's more challenging to rise above that noise and start to perpetually create that brand? Or is it more difficult to maintain a brand that you could argue has met a five-star status? So you're Nike, you're Mark Taylor, I'm putting us in there, uh, self, selfless plug, but Mark Taylor, Nike, Patagonia, is it harder to maintain that? I think it goes back to just a, a basic human component of trust. It's the same way, you know, and I think as a business, you do the same thing. You continue to engender trust by being consistent. Um, and then people will have confidence in what you're going to continue to deliver time and time again. Um, and it, it doesn't take much to go ahead and, and lose that trust too. So you've, you're appealing to your audience, right? Which is perfect. You, you found your identity, but how are you distinguishing yourself from the rest? You, t- you mentioned Nike, yeah. right? Everyone knows Nike. That is a brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Taylor, we know that we worked very, very hard in building a brand over the years. How do other companies dis- distinguish themselves? Well, I think that then now we're getting into the meat and potatoes of the conversation, which is the the overall strategy and how it kind of relates back to uh, the operational component, how you, you're running everything and how you're looking at budget sheets and what's your overall marketing cost per unit and what's your cost per lead and cost per tour, cost per lease, all of those things. I think those are all really important things to constantly monitor because without that, you don't have, you can't make informed decisions. So I think tech, tech, what it is today is super helpful. The ability to have uh, these CRMs um, and these different tools to be able to track attribution and know where you should go ahead and place your money is a big part of that. You mentioned CRM just to make sure that our audience understands what that means. Because we, we internally, we are very big on acronyms. Um, all of, of our titles have acronyms. Yes. Uh, so CRM. Yeah, I get called a PETA often, um, which is another acronym. Uh, but no, CRM, customer relationship management. It's like the sales force, the ability to go ahead and track leads and, and right. uh, just, yeah, general lead management. But having that, without that, it's really, really hard, especially as a marketer and doing something that is so gray in an industry that is often black and white with budget. You know what you're going to make you know what you need to spend right. and you're looking at budgets and, and underwriting all the pro formas all the time. And it's something where numbers are black, white, or red or, or black or red a lot of the times. And, uh, and in marketing, it's great. You have to trial, you have to experiment and you, it's really hard to trial and experiment if you don't know the results. So yeah. having, having something that you can constantly dig in and monitor is, is essential. What are you conveying to, to, to our clients at that point? Why are we stressing the, the importance of marketing and branding? So today we have 20 lease-ups underway, uh, 4,100 units. Let's say that one units. more time because that's pretty impressive. 20 lease-ups. Um, you know, it's, it's partly because of you know, the momentum of the market, timing, construction delays, all of those things. But today we have 20. And what you have is, and I wrote some notes down when you were speaking earlier, which I, I think helped really formulate my thoughts on this and great information, by the way. But you were talking about the user experience. 
right? From a resident perspective, you were talking about data. Data stood out to me, like understanding through our CRM, understanding what's actually happening. Prior to 2018, we didn't have a CRM. So we were flying a bit blind, uh, weren't overly happy with the samples we, we, we encountered with different groups that had CRM. So we essentially built our own with Union, uh, and it certainly allowed us to understand in a very transparent manner what that data is creating from a decision-making perspective. And all I mean by that is being transparent with your data, you can say, if we're spending $3,500 a month, what are we receiving? Are we creating an accelerated movement in unique visitors, as you know, unique visitors to our sites? Are you creating enough traffic, volume, phone calls, leads, emails, texts to ensure that we're hitting the leasing targets, the investment objectives of those owners? So even in lease-ups, there's a lot of variety in terms of what, as, as your question goes right. back to, the actual expectations and need of those clients. You have clients that are merchant builders. You know, they're trying to, to move a lease up quickly or swiftly, exceed their pacing lease per month, and ensuring that they're, they're exiting that deal to get their prefs, to make sure the waterfall hits their equity group, all of those things to ensure that it's a successful investment. Some groups are long-term holders, right? They're looking for not necessarily the highest market rent, but they're looking for the right rent roll. They want right. to stabilize at the right time. They want to create momentum into permanent financing, typically you know, a month or two post-stabilization. So there's a lot of calibration that's happening during that time frame. Uh, and I wrote down when you were speaking, nimble, and being flexible because you have to shift, right? The market is incredibly cyclical in Phoenix. Absolutely. Going back to 1982 when we started, I mean, it just, it, you know, the highs and lows, the patterns of the market, but you also have to encounter economics, the macro fundamentals, all of those things, headwinds of supply, pullbacks, move forwards, expansionary environments. So knowing all of those things, you, you really have to distill that, right? How are you ensuring that that resident or prospect that wants to be a resident is getting that right user experience. And I'll go back to the pandemic, and you think about April of 2020, we leased twice as many apartments as we would have otherwise with our doors locked. So that tells me that, A, the old operational model was dead, right. so we've been reformulating that with ION, but the reality was that we were reaching the audience with our digital footprint in a way that mattered, right? They were able to connect their needs to our brand and our experience with that asset or that lease up or, or stabilized asset right. and really find a pathway to us in, in, in terms of them choosing a home. So uh, I think all of those things, the experience, the data, being proactive in that decision making matters. Yeah, Great point. So in discussion, of, of course, continuing to talk about marketing and branding, um, and this will be more so towards lease up. I mean, it, it, it'll this question will also be for stabilized, but more so for lease up, knowing because we pride ourselves on being a data company first before we're a management company. We know what's coming in supply and what pressures that's going to bring. Yeah. What are three three of the things that you need to do well with these economic Ooh, heads, top three. as well as the, the cresting in supply, being oversupplied. All right. So I think at the very top, you know, if somebody were to call me today and say, hey, I'm opening up a project in 12 months, what do I do? Right. So I'll start at the top with our person, like our, our company departmental ethos when it comes to marketing is peace of mind, certainty of outcomes. Now, if you're somebody who's trying to go ahead and achieve both of those things, what do I do? Where do I start? So if you have a new project that's being 
constructed, put banners outside as as far and in advance as you can. Put banners up, temporary fencing. But when you're putting the banners up, make sure they're visually appealing. Make sure that the numbers that are on the banners are trackable. So you know the amount of, okay, so this amount of calls that we're getting are from the banner. So you right. know how much, you know, how, how valuable that ultimately was. Um, make captivating websites. Um, even if you're a, a shop that relies heavily on driving traffic through ILSs, you're still going to want to go ahead and make sure that when they land to your website, that experience doesn't, it's not overstimulating or it's not too much or they can't find the information easily. They don't know how to convert. They don't know how to submit a lead. They don't, they can't find the information that they're after. There's a ton of competition out there. So sometimes, and even our websites are stripped down of a lot of those flourishes just so it could kind of punch you in the mouth with the information that you're looking for. So you don't have to go and search for it. So I would say drive traffic to the website as much as you can, um, even if you are advertising through ILSs. And the third thing, and, and, and I, I think I started this by saying that a lot of times this is overcomplicated and this is going to sound way too simple, answer the phones. It's Just amazing, isn't it? Answer the phones. I mean, you're, if you're doing all of those things right ahead of time and you talk about those three things and those are the things that come to mind for me at least, getting banners outside and continue to generate or, or start generating that inertia, drive traffic to the website. You've already invested in the website, so drive users to that. And right. any big organization, I mean, even the Amazons of the world, they advertise, you need to advertise. So make sure that you're driving traffic to the website. And then from there, people are going to start calling you. So make sure you answer. And if you don't, that's just a, it's the, the biggest miss is to go ahead and do all of those things right ahead of time on the marketing and advertising side of things. Like, let's not forget the experience that you have uh, on, on property is all a part of the brand too, which is what we talked about today. So making sure that you have, you have the staff there answering the phones and the experience that that prospect has with the person on the phone also matters. And then when they get to the property and maybe tour the property, that all matters. That goes into the experience that they have and the impression that you make. It's not just the logo. It's not just the mark, the colors, the website, all those things are important to driving them there. But then what is the impression and what's the experience that resonate and what they're, what they're left with? I would, uh, I would filter great comments, Michael, um, couscous. When I think about three things that resonate, it's marketing, it's people and it's pricing. It's it's those three things. That's really what you said. And I'll give one example of of marketing gone wrong, and I won't name this ownership group, but uh, they called us from a consult consulting perspective. They were struggling with their, their lease up. We didn't manage for them. And really in walking through, it took about 10 minutes to figure this out. They were rendering a, a 19 second video uh, on their homepage. Yeah. And when you think about what Google's looking for, and when you're when you're looking on your phone, I believe still 74% of searches on 3G. So you're trying to render this video and it takes longer than seven seconds, which is another threshold barrier for Google. So they were getting all of these, you know, distrusting faults on Google yeah. and people were just bouncing. I bet you their bounce rate, I didn't see it, was probably 60 to 80% because people yeah. were willing to wait because of that seven second limit. And they're like, no, no, I'm just gonna go to the next site. This this doesn't load, right? right. So, um, doing those things right, having those fundamentals in place, knowing the pricing, marketing correctly, knowing that your people are going to answer phones, those things all fuse together and, and, and make for either a successful or not successful lease up. Love it. You know, um, I've been teasing Cuso next to us here about uh, identifying the acronyms. You're teasing me? That's unlike you. Was that teasing? That's I'm so sorry. Just, you know, you never tease. I know, it's I just know. So well, both of us are a little sensitive suddenly, from yeah. time to time. Yes. Um, you just mentioned sign ion of, of care and love. It's Thank okay. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. You mentioned ion, mm -hmm. another acronym. Sure. 
would you mind identifying that for us or defining that? So ION is our integrated operations network. And it was really formulated from my comment about the 2020 pandemic and right. it's reformulating how we do do business in this space. Uh, and I'll just say it's really, you know, in my mind at the time, we we said, okay, let's let's review the data. Right. Let's understand what's happening today. Let's really focus in on what the customer wants, what our current residents want. Right. And, and clearly there was a pathway from a technology perspective that was accelerated. Uh, we mentioned QR codes, uh, something that was kind of resurrected uh, because of the moment in time. Uh, but I think about, you know, what were we trying to solve for? And when I think about us as an organization, ensuring that we had a concierge type level experience so that we were Roll handling prospects, yeah. leads, answering the phones with technology in a hybrid manner so that we were meeting the needs of the customer right. to accelerate our business and maximize the potential of our investors' assets. So uh, ION's really doing that. It's doing it through lead management. It's doing, th doing it through resident concierge. It's doing it through our PFOAs which is our portfolio financial operating accountants. <laughs> Big mouthful one. there. There's one other yes. one. Yes. So streamlining those processes. So when you think about what is ION really, it's about taking advantage of technology today and tomorrow, investing in our future from that perspective, and ensuring that we are really focused in on specialization. That's the idea. We're right. specializing each of those roles to ensure success for tomorrow. And I can't tell you that it's been easy. <laughs> of course. Uh, we know it's been difficult, uh, but when you're when you're basically taking that car and, and taking all of the panels off, taking yeah. the engine apart and putting it back together, it's difficult. So we're in that stage, right? We're, we're tweaking the motor, we're, we're painting the, the, the fenders and putting the new bumpers on. So it's a process, yes. um, but it's not about being perfect. You know, we're making progress every day. We have three pods in place, which is essentially pods, not an acronym, it's just pod. Uh, it's podding communities together to take advantage of those resources to create efficiency. So uh, more to come on that later, but that's that's ion. That's exciting. That's and exciting. Short, yeah. Gentlemen, we talked about a, 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 about a number of different aspects of when it comes to branding and marketing. I I, I want to round this all round this all up. So um, John mentioned earlier when we were talking, you know, um, that it only takes one misstep, right? So you've climbed the mountain. You've spent the money. You've 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 found your brand, you, your identity. You you found your target audience. You've built your digital footprint, right? What's left? How do you just to ensure that you are monitoring your brand and not making a misstep? How do you do that? Yeah. And why is that important? I should I should probably throw in there as well. Yeah, well, I think oftentimes in this space, when it comes to the marketing strategy, what you're going to see more often than not, and even with, with the different shops that we consult with today, it's really heavy on the iOS spend, the internet listing site spend. Right. So making sure that, you know, they're, when you talk about digital footprint, they're out there as, and just as discoverable as they can be because they're on so many different sites. But is it actually worth the spend? Um, because oftentimes in order to go ahead and make that deal a little bit sweeter to go ahead and be advertising on these different ILSs, uh, you're often locked into these fixed fee contracts that right. could be upwards of a year long or what have you. Um, and, and so as you're locked into these contracts and as the months go by, particularly in a lease up, is this still something that's advantageous for us to continue doing? Um, and for us, one of the things that, you know, if an, an ownership group comes to us and they're like, hey, when it, they feel more comfortable maybe being on an ILS given how they've leased up certain communities in the past, and then we come to them with a, hey, this happened to me actually, 
we've told a, an ownership group, you know, we don't, we're ILS independent. We actually don't have to do that just given the amount of traffic that we generate to our websites. And it's, it can be uncomfortable at first because they're used you to doing that. You can see that. it in their, in their eyes yeah. when you first mention it to them. Yeah. And so for us, it's, we, we want to be nimble and we want to be flexible and we want to have that adaptability because we're not, we're not a shop that's just going to throw a ton of money at these, these different sites where we don't really have as much control. So if we want to do that and we want to go ahead and show them, hey, look, we'll go on here for a couple months and instead of it being this year, year-long year thing and and maybe the price is a little bit lower because we are on a longer term, right. we want to go ahead and shorten that term. We'd rather go ahead and pay that little bit of money just for that, that three-month, like that extra boost. But oftentimes what I've found is the shops realize pretty quickly that you, you, we really didn't need to do that. And it's be, because a disproportionate amount of traffic to our web, website comes through unpaid channels, um, through organic, meaning people are going to be going to Google and typing in apartments near me or what have you, luxury apartments, Scottsdale, luxury apartments, Phoenix. And we're going to show up underneath the, the few ads at the top of the page. You know, I mean, 40% of the traffic to our site comes to us through that channel. And then an additional 20% is just typing in mark-taylor.com. So the amount of deal flow that we get from the websites, given the fact that we've been doing that so well for so long, it eliminates our ability to really be beholden to these these fixed fee ILSs. But when it comes to monitoring, you need to have some type of tech or some type of system that's going to allow you to go, okay, well, this amount of leads was generated from this source, this amount of leads from this source. We we got this amount of leases from this source and then back into, okay, what's actually the most valuable use of our spend? And I mean, we've been trialing air and, and airing for so long, which is why we have this well-baked strategy that we have today. We try things and you know, you get egg on your face as you try things. And then right. there's other things that work. And th- this is always evolving. You know, now TikTok has popped up and it's something that go ahead and consider. You have social media that that certain clients come to us with and they want to experiment. So uh, marketing is a game that there's always going to be new and innovative things that end up popping up that you're going to have to experiment with. And I think oftentimes where people struggle is it is kind of a little blurry, you know, and oftentimes it is kind of this this gray space. But if you can go ahead and build certain mechanisms that allow you to track it, it's going to go ahead and make you that much more powerful. I can tell you today, from a year ago, based on some reports that we've put together, our cost per lease is what, 20% more than it was last year? And that's just because we want to go ahead and make sure that we're either making the client's money or saving the client's money. And so in order to do that, we need right. to go ahead and be informed as to what their, how their money is working and what it's doing. Is it is it oh sorry John no uh, is would, it okay to be to make have missteps to make mistakes the trial and error that you talked about that's how when you, it comes to marketing and branding that's how you learn yeah so I think if you want to go ahead we call it A B testing all the time so it's like okay we think that maybe if we put money over here it's going to yield this but why don't we diversify right and we go over here split the money see how it works and then we're going to end up knowing right you know and and that's what we've been doing over the course of part decades of, part of why it's so important to monitor everything that you're doing yeah and as you continue to ab test we have had, since 85 been right. doing that yeah you're going to be pretty dialed in at this point in time i cut you off no no that's fine i would just say that i wrote some things down when you were speaking when you think about you know great statement you said either making or or saving money for the client when i think about you know, the testing and, and the trial and error, that's true. But at the, the very foundation of, of that triangle for, for marketing, you have a formulaic baseline, right? We know what it costs to yeah. create a lead, yeah. meaning we know what it costs to create a New York visitor to our website. Uh, it's all formulaic, right? So you understand if 
if you're in a lease up, you're trying to create a certain pace. If you're a stabilized asset, you're 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 really buffering off of what turnover is, uh, what that market supply looks like. So there's a lot of variables to it, but you know the baseline, right? I know right. I have to spend this to create this kind of volume per se. Uh, and then it's fundamentals, right? So the fundamentals matter because you can do, let's just say we, we we went on five ILSs tomorrow. If the phone numbers aren't linked correctly, if if Google My Business, GMB, I think there's a new name now, it's hard to keep up. Uh, if that's incorrect, it you know you lose that uh, trust within the Google algorithms, which change all the time. So you have to have those fundamentals in place, right? Uh, regardless of spending habits, to ensure that you're getting that quality for for clients, and then transparently sharing the data. Hey, this is working. This isn't working. We got to shift our strategy here. So all those things come together. And then I think the last piece of that is is from a customer perspective, you know, their voice matters. So. You have a lot of satisfied residents every day that never communicate with us, but the person that raises their hand and say, hey, something's a little bit off here. Right. Uh, a, you have to let them know that they matter, and two, you have to be responsive. So if there is an issue, let's let's fix that. So it can't just be about marketing as as one, you know, I'll say silo of the business. It has to be fused together from an operational perspective. You have to support those things because if we're if we're saying we have two weeks free, and they get to the site, and that concierge or that leasing consultant says, uh, yeah, right. we're only doing $200 off, that creates confusion in that experience. So they have to fuse together. It has to be fundamentals and accountability. Mm-hmm. I love it. This has been great. I, I always learn stuff when I'm, when I'm hanging with you guys. You sure do. I sure do. <laughs> I sure do. We hope so. Coos, thank you for coming and joining us today. Of course. Really appreciate it. Yeah. I think we thank have you for one last question to round this out. What is it, Adam? I think it's going to check come, my notes. Yeah, I think it's going to come I from you. I have a sneaking suspicion. I think it's going to come from you, Mr. Carlson. Um, so, you know, something we do in our household. So from a personal perspective, we have a tradition every morning. Uh, my wife, Stefani, and I, uh, oftentimes we'll just, you know, she meditates a lot. So we'll think she'll, she'll go through that process. But we'd like to say at least one thing that we have gratitude for. Yeah. Um, so we do that every morning. Um, I think we're... We're very lucky to be where we are. We're lucky to be, you know, in a great state, great city, great family, work family, all of that. So I think for my gratitude today, um, it's a Friday, and we have the tributes tonight, tributes yes, awards we do. to the AMA, another acronym, Arizona Multi-Housing Association, uh, which I think anyone watching this probably is aware of. Um, I just have a lot of gratitude towards my work family. Uh, I get to go to work every day with great people. And when I think about our culture, that's what it's about, right? We look for that through town acquisitions, through relationships, through connection. So I'm most grateful today about my work family. Let's pose that question to you, Coos. What I are you grateful for I today? think it's going to be a common theme. I think family. Um, and, and I know that we're going to at least get two viewers to this podcast because my mom, my mom and dad, I think that like, you know, well, I've, three, I've officially, and, and, I'm and on a podcast, so yeah, I've made course. it, right? Yes. Um, but yeah, my dad actually just had surgery, so he's at home rehabbing. Um, so he's getting better day by day. He was uh, he was a typical Mancuso stubborn, waited to get this surgery for years and years and years. So finally did it um, after needing to crawl around the house. I thought it was time, you know, maybe he goes and gets the surgery. So he's at home and he's rehabbing. So this is some good uh, material for him to go ahead and listen good. to. But it's just family, you know. I don't have family here in Arizona. And to John's point, I think um, 2020 was a, an interesting year for me personally. I came here. Uh, and then everything kind of went cuckoo with with the pandemic, and I got displaced. And um, 
it's funny how things happen, you know, and I ended up finding Mark Taylor and I have, I found a home here. I found a family here. I consider you guys family and I'm so grateful every single day to be able to get into the car and come to work with brilliant people and, um, do great work. And, um, yeah, I mean, constantly talking to my, my family all the time back home and just to go ahead and have that, that unit, you know, it makes everything better. So I'm super grateful for, um, blood family and then work family. Nothing better than being able to work alongside your friends, guiding, leading, collaborating, love it all. And I am also very grateful that you are just a chair turn away from giving me a hard time. Uh, there's been a couple spitballs back and forth between our little workspace. <laughs> no, I'm there. I am innocent. Yeah, no, I love every I every bit of it, buddy. Let every bit of it. Uh, everyone, thank you again for joining us. Oh, Another, hold on, hold on. Oh, whoa, you got more, buddy. Uh, we'd like to know what you're grateful for. I just said I'm grateful. For, I, I, nothing better than being able to work alongside your friends. Absolutely. What else? You, you, t- you basically fused ours. Okay. Uh, I'm grateful that uh, this will be the first time that uh, that the Chicago Bears will be ahead of the Minnesota Vikings this okay, year. Okay, things are about season. to get spicy. That's what I'm grateful for. Justin Fields is going to have a great season. He's a great athlete. Well, uh, anyone watching, uh, I apologize. We had credibility <laughs> that was sustained for the length of this podcast, and we just basically pulled out the tube and it ran wild so sorry about it, that. it all left it all left yeah well john is flanked by two chicago we got him sandwiched right now yeah loyal yeah. chicago i don't Bear see fans, him so. sweating one bit though no he's not going to no, either at the at end all. of the season not i have a feeling this is going to come back again thank you for joining us uh please um add some comments if you don't mind if you want if you want us to talk have certain topics that you like us to discuss uh in regards to the multifamily industry please add those below Um, Thank you for joining us. We look forward to another episode, Multifamily Forward, presented by Mark Taylor Residential.